What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Trust the Bank podcast. I'm your host, Makana. I got myself Joshua alongside me. If you guys don't know, try and put these out every single Wednesday. We do segments coming from you guys in the comment section, coming from Twitter, coming from uh, the YouTube community section, all that. So if you ever have any topics you want us to discuss, please let us know. Um, but it's going to be posted to YouTube, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to leave comments and your thoughts on the opinions. If you're watching on YouTube, this is the first segment. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever, um, if and you miss parts or you want to see our visual representation, Spotify, I think it shows videos sometimes, uh, but you can check out YouTube as well. Overall, OTA started this week. Ravens are in the news. It's Ravens are in the news for absolutely no reason at all. I, they somehow find a way to talk about the Ravens. <laughs> I, I don't know how those shows pull views. Um, because every week they're like, all right, let's talk about Lamar Jackson and OTAs for nine hours today. I'm like, dude, I can talk about it for like 10 minutes. Tops. <laughs> like, I how many takes are there? But um, some good topics we're gonna talk about today. Breakout players, uh, maybe some disappoint players that may disappoint. Uh, talk a little bit about Nelson Aguilar and then the press conference, Lamar Jackson giving the keys to the offense. Um, you know what that really means for Baltimore. But Joshua, let's start it off. Um, you know, first off, just how you feeling? Man, I'm feeling pretty good, man. You know, it's always good to, you know, record another episode, you know, talk to the Ravens flock, you know, the TTB family. And um, man, I, it, it's good to know that, you know, OTAs, OTAs is 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 here upon us, and Lamar Jackson is at OTAs. So now, you know, like you said, what do everybody can report about now? So I mean, hey, you know, <laughs> yeah, we lied. We're talking about Lamar OTAs for the next two hours. <laughs> Just kidding. We're not. <laughs> but um, jumping right into it, who do you have as your breakout player this season for the Baltimore Ravens? Oh uh, man, so if I, I I got if I gotta go breakout play, it would be a young it would be a young man that got hurt, came back, got hurt during the season, got a, got got the surgery, and was eighty and, and was running the ball at eighty percent. And he's also in his contract year. Yeah, I'm saying it. J.K. Dobbins. I mean, for the simple fact that you know, uh, Tom Munkins, he loves his running backs. He loves his what? He loves his wide receivers. He loves his tight ends. But you got to think about the years. I believe Tom Munkin was there when Nick when he had Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we saw, and we saw exactly what happened in, in, in Georgia with Nick Chubb. So why not? Why not expect a uh, a replica? Maybe something even better with a more agile, stronger. Yeah, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say stronger. J.K. Dobbins, you know, someone that is very determined. I feel like, you know, um, with the type of offense that's going to be installed and supposedly with less run, design runs from my QB, we finally see that 1,000-yard-plus season out of my feature running back this year. So that's my breakout player uh, prediction. I like it. And really funnily, you know, bringing up Nick Chubb, I made a video when uh... – Zedarius got traded over there mm-hmm. and a lot of Cleveland Browns watched out to the Cleveland Browns fans that watched it. But I mentioned Nick Chubb and I said, he was like a top six running back in the NFL. People were mad at me. People were mad at me. They were like, what do you mean top six? That's so disrespectful. And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, he's number one. I was like, what? Stop. You just got to throw him over Derek Henry like that. You're going to throw him over CMC. <laughs> Apparently Browns fans are like, think Nick Chubb is the greatest player of all time. Um, and Todd Munkin coached him uh over in cleveland so shout out to tom monkey for that uh jk Thomas is an interesting one i think you know 
he he's finally get going to get that opportunity. Yeah. You know, I mean, his rookie year, we were angry with Greg Roman for not giving him the ball. And I remember when we were recording the podcast, um, I don't even I don't even think we we're on YouTube at that point. I think this was just <laughs> recording the podcast. Um, so, so really OG people remember um, the original podcast. You talked about J.K. Dobbins becoming the number, like being the number one. You were like, you're like, you said, I think it was, you know, week one, he's going to be that guy. And it was like, it was very clear, funny enough, from week one, he was like, yeah, he's the best running back on the team. And they just, they didn't start giving, I mean, they had, he had a game against Cleveland um, yeah. where I think he put up two touchdowns, but yeah. didn't get a lot of carries. And finally, like halfway through the season, they started giving him the rock, average like six yards a carry. But it was like, give him the ball. And then last year, you know, he started off slow and I was like, okay, he's not 100%. Gets the right. surgery. And people were telling me, they were like, yeah, JK sucks. You know, you could tell he, he just wasn't. And it was like, well, he, he was, he, the surgery that he got didn't fix it correctly. So he told the Ravens, he said, hey, I got to get surgery on this. They were like, really? He's like, trust me, I don't feel right. Gets the surgery, comes back, and it was like, there's the running back. There's the second round pick. There's the Ohio State stud yeah. Yeah. that we drafted. And now, he has an offensive coordinator, and it seems like he's going to be the guy. It seems like he's going to be the one that dominates mm-hmm. uh, opposing defenses because we've been waiting for that for a Ravens running back. We haven't had that since Ray Rice. Really? Yeah, I mean, look, if, we, if, we, if we're being completely honest, yeah, it's, it's been a long time. No and... disrespect to Alex Collins, though. No, 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 <laughs> no, no disrespect to the Irish dancer, you know, at all. But I mean, when you talk about feature back, you think of, you know, the Derrick Henrys, you know, um, the Jonathan Taylors. Yes, even the Nick Chubb before he had the share, share carries with um, with Kareem Hunt, Austin mm-hmm. Eckler, um, Christian McCaffrey, you know, and, and the list goes so on and so on. And those you don't see those guys being on a carry limit neither. So mm-hmm. I'm expecting him every game to get more than 15 carries, the least to have 150 to 200 yards. Because if he gets that, in this balanced offense, that's like look like that's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. It's going to it's going to not only help us with time management, it's going to wear a lot of defenses down. And that's what you know. In all the years that when we uh, establish our run game, we wear we we wear the defenses down. And you know our quarterbacks usually just go over top. We now we now have some speedsters. We now got some guys that can make some incredible catches on the outside, and even you know. Uh, get the jigging and zigging and zagging in the middle and across the and, and across the field. So um, I feel like this definitely is going to be a recipe, you know, a good recipe for disaster. We cook it with hot grease in the words of Roquan Smith now. Yeah, and it's just like he, he's so very obviously talented and motivated. He hated Greg Roman, which for sure. So did I. <laughs> so did a lot of Ravens fans. He, he was not the only one. So did a lot of Ravens players. Yeah. Um, so it's like, all right, we're finally going to get to see him in an offense where he at least has a chance. Give him a fair chance. And if he yeah. doesn't dominate, so be it. I'm fine with that. But I want to give him a chance. And I think this year is going to be that chance. You know, whether or not he's in Baltimore after this year, I'm not a huge fan of paying running backs. Um, but, like, you know, whatever happens with him, use him this year. This is the last year that you're going to get out of J.K. Dobbins um, on a very cheap deal. So, yeah. I, I, I do like that breakout player prediction, and I want to give a shout-out to the person that commented. It was John John at Be More Young, uh, J410 on Twitter. So that, that's where that came from, and so is the next uh, segment as well. So I just wanted to give a shout-out. forgot to say that at the beginning. 
My player is Lamar Jackson. Ooh, talk to me. Because Lamar Jackson this year is finally going to have an opportunity to show himself as a passer. And yeah. I think the national narrative, and maybe not the national narrative, but the, the people that don't watch the Ravens, because I, I talk to them. I don't live in Baltimore, right? Like, like the people that I, I, I talk to Seahawks fans, I talk to Colts fans, I talk to all these fans. And, you know, I talk to like zero Ravens fans on the daily. Like other than other than on YouTube, I don't talk to anybody in person. I was one time actually walking around campus um, in college and some mm-hmm. guy came up to me and he was a Ravens fan. And we were like talking on our way to class. It was seven in the morning. He saw a Ravens fan. He started running over and he was like, no way, man. Yo, we <laughs> got each together. other up. We talked. We went our separate ways. I don't think I ever saw that guy again. Um, wish you the best, man. But <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't talk to him. And I, all I hear is like, you know, just concerns about Lamar as a passer. I'm like, dude, you ever heard of Greg Roman? This man, Gregory, he was a menace. All right. He was an absolute menace to Lamar Jackson's passing, you know, just prowess. He just would not allow him to develop, would not allow him to get the opportunities to even showcase what he can do. And Todd Munkin's going to come in and let him do that. I think Lamar goes out and I think he does throw for 4,000 yards, which a lot of people felt was never going to happen for him. Mm-hmm. Not saying people didn't believe in the pass, but it was like, he's just going to rely on so much in his legs. I think he'll run the ball, but I think he's going to pass the ball a lot. I don't think he's breaking 36 passing touchdowns, which he had in 2019, but I think he breaks the 4,000 yard mark and the Ravens rushing game gets a little bit more of the rushing touchdowns but I think he's going to throw for 4,000 yards and that is a massive jump for him. And I think that is enough for me, for him to be a breakout player, even though he's going to be the same skill set, he's just going to showcase that skill set and be so much more dynamic. And the Ravens offense is going to be so much better because of it. Yeah. I love, I love me. I love the fact that you bring it up. I mean, um, honestly, I was expecting you to go say flowers, you know, uh, because everybody, Everybody in the Ravens community, you know, they say Zay going to be that guy. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping so. I, I, I definitely feel like he's going to be a great addition, you know, come come week one for sure. So, I mean, you know, when you say, you know, um, you can tell in in the demeanor of Lamar Jackson, in, even in the office of players, in the press conferences and how they try to not bash or try to speak poorly on, you know, Greg Roman or even – the play calling, or even John Harbaugh, you know, you've seen so many different wide receivers leave this team and talk about how many how many plays that this office has, but we just never use them. And you know, and they and they speak of their distaste on a uh, previous um, office coordinator. So you know, you know, I don't know if everybody watched the the press conference after the first day of Lamar Jackson's OTA. You know, he seemed like he had all smiles, man. And mm-hmm. when you got someone, you know, that's that's all smiles, that's all about the game of football, that's all about wins, all about his guys, which he's been, you know, he's been like that since day one, since he's took o- since he's taken over. Um, it's definitely something beautiful to see, man. So, you know, I'm looking forward to him actually showcasing his uh ability because he's been he's been um standing his ground since day one, since the NFL draft, when they constantly asked him, Hey man, you think you want to change positions? Um, I'm playing quarterback. Um, I'm going to be a quarterback. Um, I'm a quarterback. Constantly kept on saying that what he's been doing. He's been showing that he's a quarterback, you know. So um, I'm looking forward to you know him continuing to showcase his skills because he's been doing the hard work every offseason to work on those little things in, in regards to his passing mechanics and his game. So um, yeah, I can see that happening. 
Yeah, I, I think that just overall, anybody in this Ravens offense is going to break out, really. Like, like basically everyone outside of, like, Mark Andrews and maybe, like, an offensive tackle or whatever. But this is a, a, a group that's been hindered in terms of half of the game. They've been, they've been advanced in the rushing attack. I'm not going to take that away. Mm-hmm. Um, but in passing, we haven't gotten to see really anybody outside of the tight ends. But um, transitioning to the other side of the question, uh, I'll read the full comment right here. He says, who is the breakout player and who is the most disappointing player this year for the Ravens? Um, in terms of disappointment, again, this isn't trying to say that they're going to be terrible, but maybe we phrase it in, who has too much expectation on their shoulders, right? Like, who are we hyping up too much um, that may not perform to the level? Again, disappointment doesn't mean they're going to be bad, but sometimes, you know, people talk about someone like, you know, if a Bengals fan was saying this, they'd be like, Joe Burrow's going to throw for 5,500 yards and 55 touchdowns, and it would be yeah. like, okay, he's yeah. going to have a disappointing season if that's the expectation. doesn't mean Joe Burrow's going to have a bad season. Um, just means the expectations are a little bit too high. Who's somebody that you're looking at where the expectations are a little bit too high? They may disappoint some people. I feel bad. Um, that's going to be my first pick. That's going to be my first guy. The reason I say that because, you know, we jumped back in the first round and uh, and picked him up. And me personally, I feel like he was a, he was a he was a, a round three type of guy, but you know people wanted to hop on the hop on his athleticism. Like um, I don't know who it was, um, I was I could, we I was in an exchange with a fellow Twitter Ravens flock member, and you know I, I said you know you know Adafio Ray is really a, a day three pick. Oh, it's crazy! And he, and he responded back. He said it's crazy how Ravens fans don't know when the guys got drafted. I said. It's crazy how you want to try to correct somebody when you're not understanding the statement that I'm saying. Yeah, so he may got drafted in the first round, but he's still a day three talent. The reason I say that because he was around other playmakers, Shaka Tony, Micah Parsons. The list goes on and on in that Penn State defense, honestly. And Adafio Way is still learning the game of football, if we're being completely honest. And he never was a sack uh, technician at Penn State. He was a more of a more of a guy that caused created havoc for his other teammates to eat. And yes, we have seen flashes of that um in the NFL. He maybe he's had a big time moment in his NFL career, but he has not been consistent in creating enough havoc for his teammates to eat. Now, with David Ojado, his brother from high school, you know, being healthy, they've been working out together, been tight at the hip. I'm hoping we can see something in both under both their rookie contracts, because uh, right now people are expecting a lot out of a young man that has not been a sack leader or, or been, you know, or has a high motor. I don't think he has a high motor right now. So with me talking down on him, I hope he shuts me up and (laughs) I'm hoping the opposite comes out. I hope Odafia way, you know, maybe hears this. He probably say, what what do, what did that boy know about me? <laughs> and shut me up, you know. And, I, and I'm because at the end of the day, sometimes you need to look at a little fuel to the fire to make that dog come out of somebody. So I'm definitely um, hoping that that dog comes out of Dafio way. I hope I hope he does hear, you know, what people say. I hope that it does fuel him to be, you know, be- better than what people expect him to be. Because I feel like he can with the athleticism, but you know, without skill to go go with the athleticism. You're a waste of space on a 53-man roster to someone else that could probably be doing a better job than you. I, 
There, I said it. So that's my disappointment. <laughs> disappointing player right now. Yeah, I have a, a few players, but honorable mention, Patrick Ricard. I don't think anybody's hyping him up, but like, yeah, yeah. he ain't going to do much this year. That, sure. That's what I'll say about it. <laughs> um, but I'm going to say Michael Pierce because mm-hmm. I made a video talking about, you know, players the Ravens could bring in. And I was like, honestly, like, I feel like we might need interior defense, right? Yeah. You know, need that that one tech or a three tech uh, to play on the inside because I feel like we only have Justin Matabike and uh, Travis Jones. And people are like, well, we also have Michael Pierce. Michael Pierce is going to be a beast. And I'm like, I like Michael Pierce, but Michael Pierce does one thing. He stops the run. He, he doesn't even stay on the field consistently. Like he hasn't played in like two years. Yeah. He's a, you know, a nose tackle and he's not going to be able to get you a lot of pressure. And I feel like there, he is not going to be utilized as much as a lot of people are expecting. Now, third and one, third and short, he will be out there. And I expect yeah. him to make some plays this year, right? He may make a couple of great plays and people will be like, oh man, Michael Pierce, he's a beast. But he, I don't expect him to be out there even 50% of the time. Um, I think the Ravens are going to try and have a pass rush. And I think they're going to use Travis Jones and Justin Matabike to do it from the inside. Now, when they get into those short down situations, the goal line, you know, Brant Urban, we're going to see Michael Pierce. But overall, I think the expectation of him is like, oh, yeah, we're getting this, you know, maybe a Pro Bowl, you know, caliber defensive tackle. And it's like, honestly, he kind of is going to remind me, in my opinion, of of old Brandon Williams, Ooh. right? Where it's like, you know, it's a, a pos- it's a position <laughs> where it's not anywhere near as valuable as it used to be. Now, when That's the true. Ravens play against the Browns, they'll be very used if the Ravens play the Titans in London, right? Mm-hmm. He'll be used trying to stop Derrick Henry. But those are really the only two. I don't think the Ravens play the Colts. Oh, wait, they do. Yeah, we do play the Colts. The Colts, another one, Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Those are really the only three power rushing teams, right? There's other rushing teams. Like we play the 49ers, we play the Steelers, but they're not power rushing right up the middle. They're going to try and get you to the outside. They're going to utilize the passing game a lot um, and spread the field. And you're not going to use them if they're passing the football. So I feel like he's just playing a position where it's just not going to be used very much. Similar to Patrick Ricard, where it's just like, okay, yeah, he's a good player. He, what he does well, he does great. But it's not as necessary, right? It's like yeah. having a, a kickoff specialist. Like, yeah, but we're not going to hype you up. It's your time to shine, baby. Come on, get in the game. <laughs> yes. No, I definitely understand that, man. I mean, um, me personally, I feel like, hey, if Nadamika Sue got a little bit left in the tank, I'll give him the call up because uh, you can get a little bit of everything out of Nadamika Sue. And we do, and we are missing that, you know, that six footer plus presence. You know, I saw I saw um, Calais in uh, Atlanta's practice jersey today. And uh, man, it, uh, it just didn't sit well with me, man. Uh, Calais, if you ever want to request a, mid, a mid-season trade, I don't know for, Future pick, you know, call us, man. Let's see what uh, what type of measure we can work, man. Because uh, you know the real team that's going to be making a push for the Super Bowl. I'm just saying. <laughs> Not the Falcons. Not the Falcons. Everybody, everybody knows that. Um, but, like, yeah, again, you know, us saying, like, expectation, you know, they may disappoint. 
again, that's not saying that they're going to be bad or anything like that, but I think some people's expectations of them are a little bit too high. Yeah. Speaking of expectations, there's one player I've heard no expectations on. Um, and this question comes from Yard of War on Twitter. Shout out to Yard of War. I'm in two of the Dynasty Leagues on Yard of War, so go check them out if you if you guys don't know already. But it, um, it said, Nelson Aguilar, quietly, he might be much more valuable than most people think. He has the championship as a starting slot wide receiver, played with John Gruden and Bill Belichick. Joshua, what are you thinking about Nelson Aguilar for this season? Because all we hear about is, is Zay, yeah. Bateman, yeah. Uh, Odell, even some Duvernay. We signed Nelson Aguilar. Are we going to be using him? I mean, honestly, was was he one of the first wide receivers we signed uh, during the offseason? First, yeah. God damn, man, it hurts my heart. Um, <laughs> but I said, man, you never know, man. You got, you know, you got one of his old um, wide receiver coaches. You got his, and you got his wide receiver coach from USC in the building. Um, so you got two guys that know Nestle Aguilar. So, you know, two guys will try their best to get him involved in the game. My thing is with Nelson Aguilar, the level of consistency. I feel like because he he doesn't have the pressure, his name's not being uh, called up, he can be what Marcus Robinson was to us last year before he became, like, num- wide receiver number one. You know, a serviceable guy, a guy that can slide up, slip under the radar, Get a get a catch here, there, you know, take it up, take it up the field with the yak, get us a touchdown, put us in position because you know we all seen the Nelson, we all seen uh, Nelson Aguilar sightings, you know, when he's alive in the game, you know, he comes live. I mean, she, she excuse me, shoot, he worked he worked out on us when we played uh, when we played against New England last year. So um, um, if we can get that, if we can get that uh, Nelson Aguilar, if we can get a little bit of Philadelphia Nelson Aguilar before the before the drop sees or the, you know, the inconsistency, I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah. Nelson Aguilar. I, when we signed him, I said, I don't like this signing unless the Ravens go after somebody else. And I think I mentioned Odell. I was like, if we did something like got an Odell and sign Aguilar, I was like, that'd be perfect. Right. Or we drafted somebody and sign Aguilar. That'd be perfect. Cause then he's not asked, okay, I need you to be our one. I need you to be our two. I need you to be our three. Then it becomes, okay, we just need you in the building because we can use your skill set, whether it's playing out of the slot or whether it's being a deep threat because he's done both in his career and he's been successful at both. I see him as being our deep threat. I think Devin DuVernay um, is going to get a lot more reps than him, but I think Todd Munkin's going to want to you know, bring four wide receivers out consistently. And I think much better than Devin DuVernay will be, Aguilar's a deep threat. I know DuVernay has the speed, but he just doesn't – I don't know. He just doesn't run the deep routes. Uh, He doesn't have, like, crazy good route running or anything like that. And he he doesn't seem to have insane ball-tracking ability. That wasn't something he was known for in college. Mm -hmm. Aguilar has that. And I think that he's going to be utilized, you know, in, you know, maybe – maybe three targets in a game, right? You know, nothing crazy, yeah. but enough to keep the defense honest where you'll throw them out on the field and they have to back up the safeties. And you back up the safeties, what happens? You run the ball. You got more space. So we haven't had that in our depth wide receivers at all. Any threat, right? You threw out Talon Wallace, you threw out James Prochet, and it was like, sweet. Press up. 
get closer. We yeah, good. Yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's what they're saying. And they were right. All of a sudden, Aguilar is like, okay, here's a vet. I've gone against him before. He, he can be kind of tricky. You give him a little bit of space. That just helps the Ravens team as a whole. Maybe it maybe it makes it so they don't, you know, double team another guy because they have to have a deep threat. You know, a, a not a deep threat. They need to have a, a deep zone over the top. I, I don't know. I, I'm expecting good stuff out of him. Nothing crazy. Again, I, I wouldn't draft him in fantasy. Yeah. I wouldn't of I wouldn't do anything like that. But I mean, you know, a couple of deep shots. I honestly kind of compare him to Deshaun Jackson and how he was used, right? Wasn't out there every time, but he's just he's a step up from Sammy Watkins for sure. Yeah, exactly. It's like Deshaun Deshaun Jackson came out there and it was like, oh yeah, it was third down. You throw him out there, he'd get open, you throw it to him. Or you, you know, run him as a deep threat. And it just mm-hmm. kind of worked. You know, the problem was the Ravens didn't have anybody. And it was Tyler Huntley throwing the ball half the time. And it was like, okay, this just doesn't work at all. Right. But I don't know. I, I'm excited to see him, but I'm I'm not expecting anything crazy out of him. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, now the final thing to talk about in this, this episode, final kind of subject, uh, the Ravens press conference, uh, they, they finally had the OTAs with the media members and, mm-hmm. you know, Lamar Jackson talked, Todd Munkin talked, they talked about Lamar has been given the keys to the offense. Joshua, what, what do you think that means? Oh man, the same thing that's been going on in Cincinnati. The keys been given to Joe Burrow since day one, him and Zach Taylor, you know, they seem like a, a, a happy married couple. The way they, the way they, uh, they come together, man. So you know, even even today, I don't know if guys saw the saw the clip. Uh, Todd Munkin uh, was coming out coming out the uh, tunnel with uh, Lamar Jackson. I said, "Hey, y'all see this, right? You know this. You know this is uh, my first time. You, you got your guy. Y'all, you know, y'all can y'all can shut it down. He's here. You know, um, when you hear uh, Todd Munkin talking about, hey, man, listen." The keys are going to be given to Lamar Jackson. If he sees a blitz and we see, or you see a wide receiver could do something else like that, he can call the audibles. This is something we've been waiting for, you know, for a long time. I mean, and we've always said that, you know, in almost every end of the game live show or even recording, it seemed like in that Greg Roman's offense, he was limited. He wasn't even given a second play. To, a check down play. It's like, hey, we're gonna run this, and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, we're gonna try to run the ball again on second and fourteen. Um, <laughs> so when you hear your offensive coordinator, you know when you hear your quarterback talking about how giving high praise to your offensive offensive coordinator, being very vocal, um, uh, and just you know being so intuitive, and just being. Uh, giving out so much information and you got your guys are tuning in, yo, that's a recipe. <laughs> that's a, that's a great recipe for anything, you know, that you're trying to cook, man, because you got, you got working pieces coming together. So I definitely feel like, you know, we're, we're going to see another step of Lamar's game. Cause some things we always talked about, you know, it's the forced throws or, you know, the frustration interceptions or him trying to make, make something out of nothing. You know, him coming over, you know, getting on the phone call like, hey, they know our cadence, they know our plays, you know, by XYZ formation. So now we're going to see if Lamar Jackson can stick, take that step up as a, as that QB and as that leader of that offense and say, hey, man, I'm seeing XYZ, <clears throat> calling, calling, calling Louisville, Florida, whatever, you know, 305, hot boy, whatever, whatever, whatever the hot read is. We get to see that now. We get to see that. 
So, you know, I'm hoping with this, you know, I'm hoping with Lamar get, being given the keys, you know, for this offense that he ascends in a more positive way that he has been doing already. Yeah, I think make your quarterback happy. Give him the ability to do what he wants sometimes, right? We've talked about it before. When when his career was was towards the end, Big Ben, his offense sucked. Um, Matt Canada, I'm glad the Pittsburgh Steelers re-signed him, but he sucks. He's, like, atrocious. But he was the offensive coordinator, and it was like he would be calling stuff, and Big Ben was like, dude, this sucks. And then he'd say – he basically like, you know, he didn't actually do it, but he turned off the mic and said, all right, let's do what I want to do. Let's run some no huddle. And then it, I felt like every time I was watching the Steelers, it'd be like middle of the first quarter. They've already had two, three and outs. Then you see Big Ben go no huddle, drive down, score a touchdown. That's the type of thing we want to see out of Lamar Jackson. Maybe not just him saying, all right, Tom Munkin, shut up and let me do what I want, but more just like, hey, I, I'm kind of feeling this, right? Hey, you know, Mark, we we've been feeling it, right? We see Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey do it, right? How do they yeah. get? How do they score a field goal in 13 seconds? Travis Kelsey goes up to him and goes, "Hey, man, they're second off. What I'm going to do is I'm going to step inside. You're going to hit me right away. Boom." And Mahomes goes, "Okay, let's look for it. Make the signal if it happens." Travis Kelsey looks over, signal, Mahomes snap, throw, first down, field goal, game. That's how it worked. Lamar will now get that opportunity to really try and do some things like that. Because Greg Roman um, was sitting up in that box and he, yeah. there wasn't a lot of communication with him. And people were just frustrated at all times. Wide receivers coming to Lamar. Lamar, come on. What do you got to do this? Running backs getting pissed. You know, guys not being used. Lamar may be able to say, hey, you know what? Let's bring this guy out here. Excuse me. Hey, I, I want to take a deep shot, here. deep shot here. Okay, let's do it. I think Todd Munkin wants to let Lamar be Lamar for the first time. Really, anybody's allowed that. And we're going to see just how great he can be, and I think it's going to be spectacular. Uh, man, man, listen, man. If we get if we get Louisville Lamar, man, it's going to get crazy. <laughs> it's going to get crazy. You know? He, yes, he was, sir. He was living his life. He was working out. He was doing his thing. Now, come on now. <laughs> come on now. Yeah. Future NFL wide receiver, quarterback of Louisville, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely, man. It's good to see it, man. I mean, this is we got him for five more years, man. You know, we we if y'all haven't already seen the episode, go double double back, check it out again when, you, when we talk about you know the five year outlook of Lamar Jackson. You know, um, shameless. <laughs> I, I, I don't care, man. I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and drop it in there, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, we we talked about you know what this five year, what these next five years could look like. You know, with Lamar Jackson at the helm, man. And I feel like you know, um, Ravens fans always get excited. You know, I know, I know myself. I I'm getting excited for the simple fact that you know, you had this, you have a dynamic player still in the facility mm-hmm. where everybody was probably still, everybody was worrying, worrying over the all season if we'll have him or not. I mean, a part of me was worried a little bit, then a part of me was like, all right, if we got to rebuild, huh? Uh, let's take this. Let's take this next three years to rebuild and uh, get a decent. Let's get a better. Let's get a great quarterback. But um, man, it's 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 good to know that we got a franchise QB. It's good to know that we that he finally got an offensive coordinator that he feels comfortable with, and um, he looks happy. 
That's yeah. what, and that, and that's one thing, you know, that always concerned me. You saw the frustrations. You saw him trying to be, you know, the political media man like John Harbaugh. But, um, you know, you saw a lot of smiles and grins today. And, um, of course, there's going to be frustrations during, the, during the, uh, the regular season. But, you know, for the most part, I feel like you're going to see it, you're going to see another step in his leadership um, take over this upcoming season. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else that you want to bring up, Joshua, as we kind of wrap up this episode? Yeah, absolutely. So, y'all, you know, Ravens family, um, this is still the month of May. This is Mental Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, if you guys are on Twitter, Instagram, I don't know if y'all are all familiar with um, Hot Boy Chucky, a.k.a. Purple Rain Arrow on Twitter. Um, he recently committed suicide. I say, all I say is, you know, send prayers, love to his family, man. And um, if you're ever going through something, you know, please have a friend, family member, someone to talk to. Um, if y'all do not follow uh, me on Twitter already, it's Sky's the Limit 39. I am a life coach. If you just ever just want to speak on anything, man, because at the end of the day, man, um, you know, we all need each other outside of this game of football. You know, I mean, I know it brings some calmness, but, you know, we still deal with real life situations and, you know, don't let, you know, whatever is bringing you down consume you to the point that, you know, you want to take your life. So uh, stay strong. Uh, be blessed. Get ready for Ravens. Get ready for, you know, this upcoming season. And y'all have a good one, man. Yeah, absolutely. Make sure to see all you guys again next week. Um, you know, hopefully good news happens. But thank you all so much for watching. Thank you all so much for listening. Subscribe, and we'll see all of you again next time.